This is the More Than Fitness Podcast with Matt McLeod. We got we got acquainted through uh, Syat, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The in one of something uh, I can't remember. It was either like he put us all in a group text, or were you in one of his his programs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in one of his mentorship things. It was in. It was on uh, Instagram. It was like an Instagram group chat. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, and that was that was what like two two years ago. Yeah. So yeah, we've 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 connected, and you know, we've been internet friends for for quite some time now, and uh, connected back and forth. And you you had me on your podcast a few times, and I've um I've I've really I've really enjoyed doing that. Um, but but yeah, it's it's been cool to. Uh, uh, watch other people grow as they, as they, um, build their brand. They take their, um, coaching in different directions and, and just kind of, uh, uh, watch them build stuff over time. And, and I really appreciate everything you've been doing and you've always been kind to me. You seem like a, a really stand up dude and a, <laughs> a, a chill guy. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the podcast, man. I appreciate it, man. I, I, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's like a, like a, I mean, everybody, Everybody that listens, if they if they listen to this continually, they know that this is my excuse to just connect with people, especially <laughs> in this in this uh, um, industry of ours. It's hard to um, uh, you know find genuine connections and to also not spend all day inside. You know, right, you you right. want to actually speak to other people in person, face to face, right? Yep, absolutely. So yeah, so everything everything's been good. I know um, one thing I did want to bring up that I saw. Um, you are kind of big into jujitsu now, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's, uh, what, what's funny is mar- the martial arts as a whole is what was like one of the big catalysts that got me into fitness and coaching. It was, uh, what happened was that was the only sport quote unquote that I really played growing up. And when I was young, I started, I got involved in martial arts about 14, 15, and just as like a thing to do. And I excelled in it pretty well. And that was actually my first job. I got like a, a couple of black belts and the guy that owned the school was like, Hey, do you want a, an assistant instructor job? So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, why not? It's, and, uh, and the, and so at like 15, 16, 17, 18, those, those ages, I was teaching in front of classes, conducting one-on-ones, kind of like a martial art personal training job. And I fell in love with people and working with people. And at a relatively young age, that's when I got you know, really comfortable, like being in front of classes and, uh, communicating with adults and little kids and all this stuff. Um, but you know, life happens, get married, you know, do crazy stuff. And, you know, so I hadn't trained in, in a hot minute. So that's actually, ironically, that same martial arts school is where I met my wife. So like I owe them a lot. Yeah. So talk about coming full circle. I owe that, that place a lot, like where I found my passion in life and I met my wife, like two of the big ticket items. Dude, that's amazing. And whenever you, you say mixed martial arts, what, like what type of mixed martial arts was it when you first started out? So I did, when I started, I did a handful. I did Hapkido, Taekwondo and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. But what's funny is I didn't get very much into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because I kept getting injured. I was a little, like if they didn't have like an adult class and a kid's class and I got just injured left and right. So you had to, you had to go up against adults? Yeah. 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 So they just had a one giant conjoined class. So I know, so I was getting like fucking crushed. Like it was bad. So I kept like, I, like I got a sternum injury from back when I was way back when that I still like have issues with to this day. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's not that bad anymore. But, um, but what's funny is, 
so life happens. I hadn't been training in a while and I haven't stepped on the mats in probably eight years. And back then was the early stages of my coaching business. So started a, as a side hustle, just kind of a side hobby. And then what age, it, what age was this? Uh, we're talking about like 17, 18. Oh, so you started, you started do, doing coaching and stuff whenever you were 17, 18. So that's when I started, co- uh, when I was like 16, 17 was when I started coaching at the martial arts school. And then when I was in college was it when I, right at, when I started college was when I started coaching people like 18, 19 ish in there. So, but I started coaching like in the, not like just general fitness coaching for, from the martial arts side of this stuff when I was just like a, a, a mid to older teenager. Um, and then I hadn't trained in a hot minute just because college life, marriage, all that stuff. And then last year it hit me in the face because I've been back on the mats for about a year now and it hit me in the face and I'm like, man, I don't have a hobby. Like I, cause, cause building my business used to be my hobby. Now it's my full-time deal. And I'm like, I don't have a hobby. I'm like, I, I want something where I can just go and relax. I can just kind of get lost in it. But I really like hobbies that have growth attached. Like, don't get me wrong. Like fishing's fun. Walking my dogs are fine, but there's no like massive amount of growth attached to it. And I'm all about it. And then like the fact that I can get competitive with it and compete and all that stuff. Yeah, it's like a game, basically. Yeah. Walking your dog is not a game. I mean, I guess you could turn it into a game, but it's not <laughs> going to be as fun as doing jujitsu. Right. So it's been about a year now. I've been back on the mats, man, and I'm just, I'm all about it. I train, I train now like three days a week. Um, I've competed once and it's, it's, it's a good time. How'd the competition go? <laughs> uh, humbling to say the least. There was, it was humbling? Two, yeah, there was two sides to it. So in jujitsu, the two big classifications you have is gi and no gi. So gi is where they have the giant angry robe, but then no gi is just like fight shorts and an Under Armour shirt kind of kind of thing. Uh, no uh, gi, I competed. I got the worst ass beating of my life, like the worst ass beating. I lost both contacts. I was just like crushed for five minutes straight. It was you lost both contacts, like in your eyes. Yeah, my both my contact lenses came out. <laughs> well, that's not productive and whatever. <laughs> No, this guy was a fucking savage. And okay, how was what was his stats? What what was he looking like? So we're both in like the beginner white belt division because uh, jujitsu ranks are a little bit different. They take longer. Like um, they generally take longer. There's less belts. Like a guy will rock a white belt for like a year and a half, um, fast, and that's being fast. Versus like in three years, most other martial arts you can get a black belt in about three years on average. The uh, when I got my black belt in Taekwondo and Hapkido, it took me about three years apiece. But jujitsu, you may be only a purple belt by three years. Like it just, it's, it's a whole nother system. So we were both in the beginner white belt division, but apparently this guy had a judo background. Oh, okay. <laughs> Found out this dude was like a state champion in judo, apparently. Uh, but okay. And what's the, okay. I'm going to sound stupid here. What's the difference? So it's just their sister arts. They're, they're, they're different. They're, they're a little different, but they're like, they're similar. Um, you know, I, you could probably say like, let's say bodybuilding and powerlifting, like they're different, but there's definitely right. some crossover. Um, yes. It's Got still, it. un, it's still under the umbrella of grappling, but, um, yeah, this dude just, he was amazing. He was skilled. He was very skilled. Um, and he just destroyed me. Absolutely destroyed me. I get it. Sometimes, sometimes we need that, right? Oh yeah. Oh no, dude, it was, it was great. It showed me where every hole in my game was, but then on the whole flip side, about an hour and a half later, I went and competed in the nogi division where it's just fight shorts and like a compression shirt. So you don't have sleeves and collars to grab onto and there's less friction. You're super slippery. And I ended up winning my whole division and beating everybody. So interesting. 
Yeah. So, cause what's funny is I, I, I very much prefer the gi. Like grapplers will be like, do you want gi? You like gi or no gi? And I always preferred gi cause I was better at it. But then I go to this tournament and I fucking get my ass beat uh, gi and kick ass no gi. And yeah. so now I'm way more like acclimated to no gi now. So <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're crossing over. You're taking back what you said before. <laughs> I think, uh, I remember uh, listening to a Joe Rogan episode or something. And he was ta- he always talks about whenever people are wearing jackets or something or like a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like these motherfuckers always wearing leather jackets. He was like I they don't understand that I can just do Take whatever. I, he's like I can do whatever I want to with you if you're wearing a leather jacket and if yeah. you go up against somebody who knows how to fight and you're wearing a jacket. He was like I'm just going to use that against you. Jackets, so I think hoodies, that, all of that. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. That's super cool. And so did you play any other sports growing up or was it mainly just mixed martial arts? It was just martial arts because, so I was the awkward homeschooled kid. Um, I was homeschooled oh, my homeschooled. entire life. Yeah. Oh, it explains so much. Oh, okay. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's funny is to be completely honest, I really think getting involved in that martial arts school is what saved me a lot of the social awkwardness. Cause we all know like the stigma with homeschooled kids. It's like they never see sun. They can't make eye contact or shake a hand. <laughs> But, um, but when I got involved in martial arts when I was really young, I went, I mean, I was, I went hard in it. I went like, I was at a school five days a week. I was doing three of their arts and then I was teaching in them and I was super involved in everything. So on a daily basis, I was having to be, um, talking with people and parents and little kids and middle school kids and high school kids and teaching. So my art of communicating and all the the stuff that a lot of, uh, homeschooled kids have issues with it kind of, ser- I mean, it definitely came back to serve me. Um, but, and then, and then, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. So we, so I never, that's why I never played any sports. Cause everyone asked me if I like played football or, uh, wrestled or whatever, but I didn't, I never had an opportunity to. Right. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's really cool though. Cause obviously, yeah, that's the, if you're, I mean, if you're homeschooled, the main thing that's missing is, is other children yeah. um, and other, other kids or whatever. So it, it's cool that you were able to go out and find something, especially mixed martial arts. You weren't like, uh, you know, well, now that I know that you're a drummer or whatever, I was gonna say you were in like a heavy metal, like goth band or something. <laughs> I was like, that, your, your, your life path right now could be completely different, but, yeah. but, um, but yeah, that's that's super cool because yeah, mixed martial arts. That's one thing that I kind of wish that it, it's it goes with everything. I mean, I played football and and obviously got um, a lot of those aspects from that. But I feel like mixed martial arts, um, it just it teaches you a lot about self discipline sure. and listening and um, uh, physical exercise, obviously, and and getting along with others um, and being comfortable with discomfort. Um, so yeah, I that's think I think one. there's that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're just constantly in like terrible, shitty positions, right? <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. And getting freaked out about it just makes life worse. Yeah, because I, f- I I think that what I would do, like, so well, I'm gonna get to this in a second because I found a um, MMA gym that's like ten minutes away from where I live, and I've never done. Okay, so I've done. Um, I've had like. Uh, I've done boxing, one-on-one boxing lessons with with a friend of mine. Uh, there was a local guy, and I did lessons with him for about three weeks. My buddy broke his ankle, who also was my connection with this person to get me in there for free, basically. And so I had three weeks of boxing, and that was essentially it, um, as far as as far as formal tr- fighting training goes. So, like you said, I'm trying to find a hobby as well, and I feel like what better way to do that. Um, then, then go out and, and try and do some mixed martial arts. Yeah, dude, um, it's, it's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. But it, I think the the comfort and the discomfort, I think that that's interesting because what I was getting at was that I would try and outmuscle people. I would just try and, you know, uh, um, try and use my whatever strength and s- size to my advantage. But I'm also aware that I will also probably tire out super quickly. And if anybody knows anything about technique, they're just going to turn me into <laughs> yeah. a pretzel. Well, what's what's funny is you say that one of my training partners, he's one of the ones I have the most, most difficulty with. So in, in, in grappling, we, we, the way you'd word it, I guess, is everybody has their own different game, like their own style. Like I play a very slower, but super heavy, just crush you style. I'm a bigger guy. Like even like me being down 30 pounds, I still weigh almost 190 pounds and I'm five, six. So I'm like a tree stump. Got so it. <laughs> Got it. I'm not, I'm not break dancing on top of you. Like that's not my game. Um, I play a very heavy game. It's a lot slower and things like that, but I'll go against, I have one of my training partners. He's, he's like, he's a little bit taller and lankier, a little bit taller than I am, maybe five, seven, seven and a half, five, eight, but he probably weighs 130 pounds soaking wet. I'm telling you, I go against him. It's not even fair. And he's a kid. He's only like 19. I've got almost 10 years. I've, I've got uh, what? Seven years on him, eight years on him. And he beats the absolute tar out of me so fast, so easily. It's not even funny. And I can like curl him. He'll like get me in an arm bar and I will like pick him up. And it, and it doesn't matter. Like I can, from the muscle side, like there's like out muscling only goes so far when the technique at work is just savagery. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like it speaks to the, it speaks to like efficiency in, in your movements. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I think that it's, it's so interesting to me. And obviously there, like you said, it, it you, there's so much growth, um, starting off as a, as a white belt, it's just completely a humbling experience in it's, your, itself and, and just trying to learn a complete skill. That's, that's so challenging. Cause it takes like 10 years. Some for most people to get like a black belt in jujitsu, right? Oh yeah, dude. Like I know guys who I, I have training partners who's in, in coaches who have been training for 15 and they're still around. Like, yeah, it's jujitsu is another world. That's interesting. How do you, how do they determine? How do you, how are you ready to go up a belt? So what's interesting is, um, I guess there's two sides to it. I'm guessing academy wise, it depends on which everyone's system and who you're affiliated with. But like the majority of the time, whoever your, your professor is or who your superior is that you just like going through the ranks you get it when they think you're ready. So like, there's not always like a testing period. Like, like, okay, it's time for your purple belt test, your brown belt test. I think they have like a lot, like at least the place I go to has like these, like what they would call pre-tests. So like they think when they think you're getting ready to be ready, they'll like actually have a, a day set up where they just put you through like three hours or four hours worth of shit into the dirt and testing your technique work. But a lot of the times, like even the, the, the white belt promotions that I've gotten, uh, cause I've gotten, like, I've only gotten three promotions so far in a year. So and it's one of those things where like class is about over and they'll just call, call whoever up there whose turn is to get promoted. Like a lot of it, it's one of the things that I like about jujitsu versus being a very formal, like, okay, on every quarter of the year, we have a testing day. It's no, you have to be intentional every day. Cause you don't know when you're being watched. You're assuming you're being watched all the time. And which means you have to have your effort on point in your a game on all the time. So it's, it's harder to be lazy because you're being watched the whole time and you don't know when, you know, you might get promoted or anything like that. So, which I like it. I think that's better. Yeah, no, because then, yeah, if you don't know, 
if you assume you're always being watched and you're always being critiqued or, or, or uh, uh, whatever, judged for the, the amount of effort and the amount of skill that you're putting forth, uh, I feel like that's that's like best case scenario in in promoting people off of merit, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. Well, here's going to be a super... This, I know I know you're not claiming to be some like Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert, but you're the closest person that I've ever talked to that actually knows like somewhat what they're doing. And then like you're you're interested, you've coached, whatever. Um, if if somebody is if somebody is literally just trying to defend themselves best, so here's here's what I'm trying to think. Like if I come into an altercation with somebody at a bar or whatever, and this probably won't happen because I'm just I avoid confrontation at all costs, and I'm more about like <laughs> right. making a joke about it or like I'm just. I, I, I refuse to to get in fights. However, I understand that sometimes there's things you can't you can't get around. If if somebody is literally just trying to avoid an altercation or um, be prepared for self defense or whatever, what type of mix? Because I've thought about like, oh, should I do boxing? Should I do kickboxing? Should I do jujitsu? Like, what what do you think? I mean, without a doubt in my mind, and it's not because I'm doing it right now, but grappling and ground fighting is like by 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 all means the best i mean shoot just watch ufc even like every every fighting sport goes to the ground and chances are if you get into an if you get into an altercation with somebody at the bar chances are they're not going to call you out from across the room and you guys are going to square up bump gloves and try to duke it out <laughs> chances right. are when because most people like that are little bitches they're going to wait till your back is turned and then jump you and then all of a sudden you're on the ground because if you look at just the vast majority of most fights they're going to go to the ground. If you get if you get punched punched in the mouth really really good from even just boxing, you're going to go to the ground. Even boxing matches go to the ground and they break them up, stand them back up. But most fights go to the ground, and even then, then usually what happens they're not nice. Usually then they're trying to beat your face into the pavement. So um, like even my my grappler buddies and training partners who are just savages who have been doing it for a long time that don't have any other uh, fighting experience. They don't box. They don't do Muay Thai. They don't do karate. They, they only grapple They're they're even their opinions, because we've talked about it. They're like, I just need to close distance. He's like, I'm not going to stand out here and duke it out with you. Like, you know, fist length apart. Um, he's like, I'm literally worst case scenario. I will cover up my face and run towards you until I'm touching. Now I'm home. Now I'm just going to take you down. And you know, it's why, like, if you ever see, uh, like in movies or in real life, like a wrestler get into a bar fight. He literally just runs up to the guy, puts his face on his chest somewhere and then just takes him down and it's over just because most, most fights are going to go either super close quarters or to the ground in my experience, in my opinion. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think from everybody that I've listened, cause I, I listened to Joe Rogan ridiculously uh, or religiously. That's what I meant to say. He's a savage. Um, <laughs> he, he is definitely a savage. And, and, and I also like, I, I'm a big fan of Jocko Willink uh, as well. Um, for people who don't know, he's a Navy SEAL commander. And if you look him up, he's exactly what you think a Navy SEAL commander would look like. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, dude, I'm telling you, that's it, his, it, it, he looks like a Cro-Magnon is basically what he looks like. An old, like caveman. He's bald. He just looks terrifying. And his voice is, it matches as well. Um, but, but he's big into jujitsu as well. And I'm pretty sure that every time that he's talked about getting into physical altercations, he is like, you need to learn jujitsu because like the kid who's smaller than you, way smaller than you or whatever, if he knows technique on a dude who's even got 50, 60 pounds on him, he still, as long as he can close the distance and, and, you know, get him to the ground or whatever, uh, he's going to be in good shape. Yeah. 
But like, even no matter what, let's say most altercations, or let's say if you're a, whatever other art, like a Muay Thai guy or a boxing guy or whatever, what are you going to do when someone is literally sitting on you, punching your face in? Mm -hmm. like, your boxing doesn't help you there. Your Muay Thai doesn't help you there. But like, if you want to talk about the worst case scenario, somebody is sitting on you, like legit sitting on your chest, pounding your face in. Like, that's like the worst thing I could ever happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds terrible. Um, yeah, no, that, that, I, I think that, that kind of answers my question. I think the gym that I, that I was looking at, like their main thing was jujitsu as well. So I think, I think I'm going to have to, the, the main reason I didn't want to do that is because I feel like one, it's the hardest one to do. <laughs> and two, it's also like, um, your, your, your highest chance of injury. I feel like as opposed to boxing, like hitting mitts, you're not going to, I feel like you're not really going to get injured, but in, in getting into jujitsu, I don't know. You may be more vulnerable. What do you think? Uh, so I actually, so when I was got injured a lot before it was when I was young, it was when I was younger and just being stupid, but see, I, I think, I mean, like anything, there's risk of injury, but like with jujitsu, that's the thing I love about it is you can go at a hundred once you, especially once you start know what you're doing and you're rowing or sparring or whatever, you can go at 110% intensity and no one gets hurt mm. because anything bad that's going to happen, a choke that happens, uh, a joint lock that's going to happen. You tap before your arm breaks, tap before you go to sleep, tap. So you can go at 110% because you ever see guys like they kind of like in other stuff when they spar or when they like, uh, whatever you want to call it, they like kind of have to like half-ass do it. Cause they're, cause like if you get punched in the mouth at 50%, it still hurts. Versus, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Versus you and I could roll and spar and do jujitsu at literally a hundred percent intensity and no one gets hurt. So from a exercise standpoint, it's like nothing that you'll ever experience. Um, and, and, and no one gets hurt and it's actually at a hundred percent intensity because a lot of other arts, you can't go to hundred percent intensity. Otherwise people get hurt versus with jujitsu. You can literally make your goal to punish this person and no one gets hurt. Mm, yeah. Because it's, assen it's, it's essentially like, um, it, it's, it's, it's holds and squeezing and like, and like lots of, lots of, uh, lots of like isometric contractions. Whereas mm -hmm. with, with, with boxing, it's going to be a strike. And so you're putting all that force into that one strike. I feel like that's like a hundred percent than like 0%, yeah. you know? And then jujitsu is probably more like 80% the entire time you're, you're just trying to maneuver yourself around. And now of course, like if you, if you're trying to choke somebody, you might ramp it up real quick, but obviously you're going to, I feel like you're going to have to conserve your energy here and there to make sure you're not blowing your load in the very beginning. And then you're just tired. And then they beat you once you're, once you're exhausted. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, think of like, you ever watch high school wrestlers? Yeah. They just go fucking nuts, but no one really gets hurt unless somebody like dislocates their shoulder. Right. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And well, so yeah, everyone, this is now the, uh, MMA podcast with Matt and Jared. <laughs> and, and I just, what is it? dude, I just, I'm, I'm interested in it. This is something that, that I have, I've thought about doing for a long time. I've said, I, you can even ask my girlfriend, like I've, I've thought about doing something like this that's outside of, cause obviously like I've, I lift weights and stuff, but that's not, I feel like that's not going to compare to, um, something like jujitsu or just an art, like another skill that you can, you can pick up and you can learn and get better at every yeah. single day. Well, like not even that, even just the physical side, dude, like, like it made me feel like such a pussy. It's not even funny. <laughs> like, like imagine like in terms of just the musculature used different than like normal gym stuff or even maxing out, like with maximum effort, imagine the best way I can describe it is imagine going on a roller coaster with nothing buckling you in and you only have a pole to hold on to. Ah, uh, okay. 
So like it's going up, down, sideways, twist, and you literally have a singular pole you're holding on to. Or like, I don't know, like uh, imagine like, but but that, that pole be like a jujitsu gi where you, it's not even a handle. It's like, you've got a collar you're holding on to like by a towel, you're holding a towel stapled to the ground on a roller coaster. So like <laughs> the mechanics you're using are totally different. Like for the first two weeks, dude, um, all my tendons and ligaments just hurt. Yeah. Not even like my muscle bellies, like my tendons and tendons and ligaments just hurt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can definitely, I can definitely see that happening. I just need to, I, yeah, I need to go, I need to do some, some like free, some, uh, some, uh, whatever trial classes or whatever, get, get my ass kicked by like some 110 pound girls. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> yes, and then sir. we can go from, I can go from there. Oh, it's great. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, uh, I love, I love learning new skills. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, I think that that's literally I, I've, I've figured this out that because I started doing this with um, um, fitness first. So we, bur- we both start out, you know, in your fitness journey, you're trying to learn the skill of lifting, the skill of diet, because it is, it's a yeah. skill practice, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and you're you're just doing this uh, repetition over and over and over and you're, refri- you're refining that skill and refining that practice over time. Um, and then after whatever quote unquote mastery with fitness, then you get into business, you learn business over again and over and over and you figure out different things here and there. And I'm definitely still learning that out. Um, but then it's just, I feel like life is just a succession of games it and is. you're trying to continually find a new game that is fulfilling and meaningful to you. And you're trying to conquer that game. Yeah. I mean, it's, I like to put it, it's the most, uh, physical game of chess you'll ever, you'll ever play. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. With, with chokes and joint locks stakes are a little bit higher <laughs> Might go but, to sleep. but it is still i think even yeah just mma in general i i've heard or uh joe rogan has the um god i'd suck him off so hard um but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh i've heard it i heard i've heard him talk about it's it's um uh i i think he might have said it's 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 uh Damn it. It's like high level chess with dire consequences. That's yeah. essentially that's essentially what he what he says. Yeah, I would agree with that completely. Yeah, and I I feel like you're you're constantly as you get older and then so your marriage, like marriage is a game. You, I mean, you sure. it's a game that you're going to try really fucking hard at and then you're going to do your best and hopefully, you know, you can both win the game together. The game is your relationship and you're both trying to um beat the game together. Beat the game or 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 continue the game for as long as possible Get a tie where, in the end. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, it's a tie it's a tie that's yeah that's that's the best way to best way to put it but then yeah and then you and then you're you're, or you're trying to figure out your career mm-hmm. uh you're trying to figure out kids like you know it's just a succession of of different games that you had to play in your life until you finally die one day yep being a dog dad okay there we go so you've got three dogs i do all right let's talk about dogs what's your what's your dog's names uh, so I have three. I've got Remy, Nika, and Lily. I've got two pit bulls and a shepherd. Two pit bulls and a shepherd. Okay. So what do you what do you say to all the pit bull haters out there? Um, they're fucking ignorant. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I've never met such the big pussy than my pit bulls. Really? Like, like, like I'm telling you. Like, I just pray to God one day my pit would never have to fight because he's such a pussy. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> like, uh, so all three of my dogs, they're rescue dogs. Um. And they all kind of fell into our lap. But, um, but yeah, we just got our newest one, Lily. She's my little pit. She, uh, she's a little white with a brown spot on her eye. But um, actually, they're asleep in 
my office in here somewhere. They're, I think, asleep under the table over there. That's amazing. I used to have a cat named Lily. I feel like that's such a common pet name. And yeah. I like it. it. It fits perfectly, though. Mm-hmm. It fits perfectly. But yeah, every every pit bull I feel like I've ever met has been has been super friendly. They look like a damn tank. But yeah. as far as as far as how friendly they are, they've all been friendly and nice and like they just have those big like innocent eyes. Yeah, I'm telling you, my my two my two pit bulls, um, I'll catch them spooning on my couch. Like I'll walk in and they'll be cuddling. Uh like they, they call them velcro dogs because they just want to touch you all the time. So like if I'm on the couch, Remy is up against me, my 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 brown pit. He uh it's crazy. But but what's actually funny is because having a pit bull, me being a nerd about him, uh looks back at the history of them before the whole like dog fighting thing and the, the negative connotations, if you go, if you go and like Google image search family pictures from like the 1940s and fifties, almost everyone has a pit bull at the end next to the kids. They were labeled the nanny dog and they were like protectors and they watched over the kids. And most family pictures from the 1940s and fifties had a pit bull next to the kids and they were labeled the nanny dog because they were, they're just amazing dogs. Now you got police units actually lacing their departments out with them. They're so, so police units will have like shepherds, but I think NYPD was like one of the first to have a pit bull on their canine unit and stuff. It's crazy. Wow. No shit. Mm-hmm. So you're big, you're big into the, big into the, to the dog game. So you looked up some of the history on pit bulls. Oh yeah. Well, no, I, I knew owning a pit bull, I would have some backlash just. Like, oh, you were it, ready. It, oh yeah. I mean, it's like being the fitness guy that loves donuts. Like you gotta be ready. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, of um, course. But but yeah, owning a pit bull. Cause I, I, if you think about it, I've got three of like the highest whatever dogs I've got a shepherd and two pit bulls, but they're yeah. all pussy, pussy and bigger pussy. Like it's, um, it's nuts, but you, you've got the terror dogs. Yeah. Um, but no, I was actually originally not a dog person. They changed me. I think I, I, I can totally see how dogs change you a hundred percent. I even, I made a sappy Instagram post about a couple months ago about like everything owning a dog has taught me. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah, I love that. My uh, my dog actually almost died here recently. My little I Bella. I know that, dude. That's crazy. You saw you saw a little Bella. Uh, yeah, we she she had diabetic ketoacidosis, which is DKA. It's just it's like a it's it's a very critical condition. And we came back. Um, we we were literally on vacation, and then we had like a sitter and stuff, and we trusted her like everything w- was fine. And then we came back from vacation. And, and normally our dogs would rush oh, out yeah. to like the car and like, they're so excited. They would have been, you know, their, their heads would have exploded with excitement because we were back home for vacation. Right. And, and we came back and then Bella was just kind of, you could tell she was excited, but she was just like sitting there in the grass and, and it's like, she wanted to get excited. And then we were like, okay, well, and then I went up to her and I heard her breathing kind of heavily. I was like, okay, what, what is, what's going on here? Something's, something's off with this dog. And so we took her, we took her back inside and, uh, we were, um, just listening to her breathing and it was just really heavy. And it was also a Sunday. And so it's not like the, the vets and things just weren't open. You couldn't just take it to the animal, uh, to the, to the vet or whatever to get it checked out. And, uh, yeah. And she, she, she was breathing super heavy and, and we just started worrying and we're like, okay, should we wait until, uh, um, or actually this was, this was a Saturday, but either way it was the weekend, the bets weren't open. Um, and, uh, so we're like, what should we do? Should we wait? Like, should we wait until like Monday to take her to the hospital or something? We're like, no, there's no way. Like if we would let this dog die right now, if, or if we like tomorrow it would come and this dog died and we didn't take it to the hospital, we would have felt terrible. Oh yeah. So we, 
So we, we, we ended up taking it to the hospital, which was, uh, I don't know, like 20 or 30 minutes away. Um, uh, whatever they did, they did some of their blood work. They still couldn't figure it out. Um, then the next day we had to take it to a different hospital. And then that's whenever she got di- diagnosed. She was like, yeah, this dog has diabetes. Oh my gosh. We had no idea. She had diabetes, I guess, for, I don't know. We don't even know how long, but we, we get like regular, she had just gotten a checkup like two weeks before that or something. Fuck. And, uh, that for some reason they somehow missed her diabetes that she had. So she wasn't taking insulin. Her, her blood glucose was through the roof. Mm. Um, and we were like, well, what the fuck? Like she never had any, she was just a normal dog. She was, ex- you know, she, she didn't have any really symptoms or anything that, w- I mean, that we're going to notice. Um, and then, yeah, we found out she had that. So we had to put her in the hospital. She was in the hospital for like six days, I think. And we didn't know if she was going to gonna end up making it or not. And then because the doctor said she had about a 60% chance. And that's obviously, that's not something you want to hear. Those no. aren't the best odds. Um, and then, yeah, so she was at the hospital, got her on fluids. Uh, and then finally, she she ended up pulling through. We got to take her home. And now she's just our, our little diabetic dog that we've got to give <laughs> insulin shots to twice a day uh, on a regular basis. But she 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 pulled through. She was a she was a trooper. But yeah, it was it was a big scare. But luckily, we were just like, man, if we would have if this would have happened like the day after we went to vacation, what the hell would we have done? Yeah, no, that's, so, that's a bad situation. Yeah, you know, it's just it's 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 scary. These 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 little and we've had her for about five years now. How long have you had your dogs? So um, <clears throat> we've had Remy for about three and a half, Nika, my shepherd, for about two and a half, and Lily just like five four or five months. Oh wow. Okay. So do you have do you have any other pets, or is it just the three dogs? No, just three dogs. We did have another a four uh, before Nika. We did have a different shepherd. Um, so my we had, we had our original dog. Her name was Tesla. Um, best fucking best dog ever. Um, but, and then we wanted to get her a friend and that's where Remy came from. Well, then Tesla got cancer in her shoulder. It's fucking weird, but not like you ever see like a, like a, almost like a subcutaneous bulb on a, like, or a bulge on like a dog somewhere where it's like right under the skin. Hers was deep, deep, deep inside her shoulder joint. Like mm. homegirl couldn't walk. All she did was lay on the couch and cry all day. It was the most, and she was on more pain meds than I could handle. Like it was bad. And in about six weeks, it went from like happy Tesla to debilitated on copious amounts of pain meds. And mm-hmm. at that point we had to have her put down because it was, it, if we kept her alive and suffering, it would have been because we're being selfish, not because yeah. what she needed. So, um, and we have some really good vets that, that make that process super nice and not just like oh here's my dog kill it for me it's right yeah yeah yeah. it was one of the hardest things i've ever seen to be completely honest it was of course it was terrible but that happened and we didn't want remy to get too comfy being the only dog (laughs) yeah sure you got to get him a friend yeah and then uh nika fell into our lap some farm just didn't want her and was treating her like shit and then i'm a sucker so we went and caught her (laughs) kept her um and she is just the best fucking dog ever and then um then we rocking those two for a while, but then one of my wife's friends, some that live like way out in the middle of nowhere, way out into the sticks, someone dropped this sweet little white and brown spotted pit bull mm. that's super friendly with kids, great with cats and great with other dogs. And it's just a sweet little thing, but you can see all her, her spine and her ribs and all that stuff. And I'm a sucker for a battered pit bull. So we go out there and check her out and she's just the sweetest little thing ever. And so we ended up taking her home and keeping her and took her to the vet. Uh, and apparently she had a microchip. 
like the vet's like, well, before you dump a bunch of money into this dog, let's see if it, anyone has it. And they put the scanner up to their neck and went beep, beep, beep. And that's like, oh, it has a chip. So they looked it up and they fi- found the number and then my vet office called and they called in uh, and someone was just super shitty and hands off like, oh, no, we sold her. Oh, nope. Sorry. No records. Nope. And real like wipe their hands clean of it. So we kept her and we've been rocking her ever since. Wow. Wow. Okay. So the key lesson here, guys, is if you have a dog that needs a home, Jared will happily take it <laughs> under, under all circumstances, especially if it's a pit bull. Yeah, I get Yeah. I'm a sucker for a battered pit bull, but dude, I love my, they're, they're literally my favorite dog. I'm amazed because they're like little bodybuilders. I don't know, but they're, they are little, just jacked doges walking around, just ready to, <laughs> they look like they're at least ready for war, but then you, you actually hang out with them and you're like, okay, we're, it's time to cuddle. Yep. It is. It's hardcore time to cuddle and snacks. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I'm a big fan of, um, I'm actually a big fan of, uh, uh, Katie Hearn and Hayden Schneider. I don't know if you follow them, mm-hmm. but Hey, yeah, Hayden's got those, those pit bulls and they, they just seem absolutely, you know, harmless and just yep. adorable. And they're around that, that baby all the time. And I know that cause they've got millions of followers, you know, with, yeah. with that baby, they have a newborn baby and they have their pit bulls around it and everything. I know, I'm sure they get tons of shit, but oh, yeah. clearly, clearly oh, they, they care. My dog, my dogs are, I would say best around kids. So we have, so we have a couple nephews, like the terror ages, like three and five, like where they're just, they're just, they got enough going for them to be really dangerous. Like they have mm-hmm. like crazy energy and they can run and climb and jump and grab things. Um, and even like good dog, you know, you'll see good dogs that are like their hips are bad. You got to be careful and you don't want to get too close to their, their, their food. And with good dogs, the, my, my nephews will be like running, just run over my dogs. Like they will like f- accidentally fall on them, fall on their hips, accidentally step on them. Um, my dogs have never nipped at a person ever. Um, and they are, they're like even better with kids. My, my, one of my nephews will like go get like a piece of lunch meat and like hand feed it to my, to my pits. And even like Remy and Lily are just like almost scared to take it. Right. Because they're just like super gentle and super easy. Cause you know, some dogs you give them a treat and they're just like gulp your hand. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I swear with little kids, they're even just intuitively nicer and even more toned down than normal. It's crazy. Yeah. You, you know, what's funny is my, my dog Bella actually is not good with kids. She, and she's a little, uh, she's a, um, uh, um, she's a lasopsa. So for people who don't know what a lasopsa is, this kind of looks like a shih tzu, but it's those dogs that you see, like the show dogs, whenever they have the hair that grows all the way down to like the floor and they're like walking around and they just look like these little like eyes with fur and they're just, they're just <laughs> trotting along. They've got those little stubby legs. That's um, she, do, she doesn't have all that hair. Obviously we, we've, we've cut that down, but she's a little, um, she's a little tiny doge. And, but whenever she's around. She did, but she doesn't get along with other dogs very well. And if it's there's a little kid around, we've got to keep her. Um, we've got to kind of keep her back because she will. She'll start like growling because she probably just thinks it's another dog like her size, basically. <laughs> and, she, and so she gets scared and and she just she starts growling. So yeah, I think there's there's obviously um, there's there's tons of misconceptions uh, right. uh, around around these 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 beautiful little creatures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about MMA. We've talked about dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this, but this, that's okay though. I think, I think this is, why this it's is the more the than of, fitness podcast. That's exactly right. <laughs> it, it, it's like, I want to know this shit. I want, yeah. like, I want to know like what you're into and what I'm into that we could both bond over and mm-hmm. MMA and dogs happen to be the, the topic of discussion for today. Yep. Um, and I'm totally okay with that. Right. <laughs> um, 
But uh, but uh, what el- what else is what else is exciting right now? What else is um getting you excited for the future right now? Either with business or or whatever. What's going on? I mean, business as a whole. Like, <clears throat> I just I just love what I do. Like, the amount of joy that that what I do brings me, and just how much I love people and coaching as a whole. It's just it, it that's always exciting. Just you know, the, from the business front. Yeah, of course. And so, how, and how long have you been doing this now? Coaching, so, like fitness coaching? Fitness coaching for, and, and and goes, it's gone through its different phases of like mostly in-person or now I do mostly online or whatever, uh, roughly eight or nine years. How long did you do in-person training? Uh, I mean, for most of that, like the vast majority of what I did and which has come to serve me so much with online, because I see a lot of online coaches never freaking conducted a session and they don't even like, which I think is a big downfall, but, sure. um, but no, I did. I mean, I didn't get into online for just maybe the past three years. So the vast majority of that has been all in person, like, and I, and, that, and that's all I did. And, and, it, and, and it's phasing, if you will, like, and it was, it was good. Like I, it was such a good thing for me to do. Like, cause I'd worked, uh, in person wise, I'd worked at like multiple different gyms and like, I worked at like three gyms at once. And then I was it commercial gyms, just like big, big time gyms or what? So, two, so I used to work, uh, about 30 minutes from me as a major is Indiana university about 30 minutes okay. from me. Um, so it's pretty big college town. And so I worked at a like 14,000 member YMCA and the, the, the university gym. So I had a lot of people that I just, you want to talk about going through bodies and just like crazy schedules and stuff. Oh, um, for sure. Which has been good because it, it, as a coach, it, it made, it made me bulletproof. Like it was hard to, it, after having experienced all that, it was hard to get a client in front of me. I was not comfortable with like everything from 80 with cancer to a uh, double hip and knee replacement guy or to uh, Mrs. Jones who just wants to lose 40 pounds, but her shoulder hurts to like, or like a college athlete or something. Yeah. To like, yeah. To like every demographic under the sun, every issue under the sun. So it, it helped me as a coach. Um, but then it got to the point where in my, in my city, there's a, a mom and pop place that I, um, that I knew the owners real well. And they really didn't have like a training staff. It was just a little mom and pop gym. And I basically became the go-to guy there. Um, and they let me just, pay like a flat rent fee per month. And then they just left me the hell alone. So it, it benefited everybody it benefited me because I could train business the way I wanted with the hours I wanted, I can make more money and it did nothing but bring them cold leads into the gym that would never have stepped foot in there before. So, um, and then that's when I, after about three years, then that, that schedule got so crazy. I mean, I was pulling like 200 sessions a month, like in the gym at four, four thirty AM leaving at 9 PM, like that schedule. Jesus. Yeah. Um, which is good. You know, just it gave me a, doing that for a while, gave me a lot of time to hone in on my skill set of just people and coaching and all the facets that go into that. And then that's when I started to get into the online world. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then how did you approach the online world? Did you just make a website? Did you start, was that, was social media popping or, or how'd you approach that? So I just started making content. Like I just started like making content for like Facebook and Instagram. And then, um, and then I started getting a following and then I started getting people locally and then whatever that are just like, Oh, I really like what he puts out. Even just like exercise tutorials. Like, Hey, here's how to actually do a proper pushup. Hey, here's, how to do a back row, like super basic shit, nothing like complicated, but just solving problems that people had. And then, 
um, around that time when I started getting into that, that's when I got a whole, I, I got involved in uh, Jordan's program that really helped from a mentorship side. I still work with him to this day. Like we're still, Oh, do you really? Yep. I was going to ask that. I didn't, I didn't yep. know for sure if you did or not. Yep. We still, uh, hop on the phone every couple of weeks and, uh, all like we still there, I still get so much value out of it. Now the amount of growth I've had from where I'm at now to where I was is just astronomical to, um, but like, there's still, there's uh, still so much value in it for me. So, um, I'm still working with him and we're still super close. I actually, uh, he was actually in Indy last year. So I actually got to meet up with him, which was cool. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. He hit me up and he's like, dude, how far are you from Indianapolis? And I'm like 45 minutes. And he's like, I'm having <laughs> him and Gary were in Indy for 12 hours. And he's like, we're getting dinner. <laughs> so dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So we went and had some pizza, but yeah, so we're still doing our thing. Um, it's just crazy watching the focus changes go over the years and stuff and just the growth and the impact and just all that stuff. It's just crazy. So, yeah, of course. And that's something that I've, I've thought a lot about too. Um, and it's, it was something I was maybe going to ask you as well. Like, do you ever think, um, because, because I, I definitely think about this. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love what I do. I love, I love fitness. I love working with people, um, with diet and exercise, but obviously with me, I've always kind of had this, this, the, um, um, personal development, whatever type side Mm -hmm. of things, the Mm -hmm. the more than fitness podcast, like I have other interests as well. Um, like, do you think you'll ever end up doing something else? Can you see yourself, uh, kind of navigating into a a different space, maybe not a completely different space, but like taking your career in a different direction? That's a super good question. Um, I don't know, man. Cause like, we all know people who have done that, like that they've, they were the fitness guy forever. Then all of a sudden they just hopped to like, real estate. And it's like, where'd your whole like 15 years of fitness go to? Sure. But, um, I don't know. I mean, I can definitely see things branching off just how, how it has so far. Like I, I thought I was going to be personal training for every day for, for the rest of my life. But now I do this online coaching stuff, um, which is very, it's, it's still in the same umbrella of fitness, but it's very different than hands-on with people in sessions and gyms. Um, something that's always been a big, been a goal of mine that I love doing the little bit I've done of it that I would love to get into more is I love uh, speaking engagements. I love speaking. Um, and I've had like companies like in my, in the indie area, bring me, bring me in to like, talk to like their group of whatever about Mm -hmm. whatever, like fitness or health or whatever. And I love doing stuff like that. Like I have this crazy goal that I want to get on stage in front of like 50,000 people. Um, just my own little egotistical goal that I have. But hell yeah, dude, Tony Robbins it up, son. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I just, I've always wanted to, to do that. Um, so I'm trying to like talk a little bit more about speaking engagement stuff. Where is it that way? It could start to lead that way. But that's, that's a whole other area of my career that I haven't messed with very much at all. Right. But, right. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Actually. I'm, I can see myself. Yeah. I, I didn't mean complete like three, three, six. I know some people definitely do that. Like go straight, like into real estate or some other random, uh, uh, career. But yeah, as far as like going into another uh, sector of the kind of stuff that we do, I see public speaking being part of it. I feel another would be like, whatever, writing a book or, or I see the, the podcast somewhat as it, um, eventually like with the podcast, it, it would be cool. I love doing them, but later on down the road, if you, if I could get paid for it or something, that would obviously sure. be sweet just so I can put out more and also make the conversations better. Like mm-hmm. if I could do them in person or, or, or something like that, that'd be sick. 
you know, um, but with, and then also public speaking, um, book courses, just, just all kinds of, I feel like there's, there's so many different things that you can do with, with, with our type of career. And I'm always, I'm always interested to see what, what other people are thinking of. And I feel like public speaking is for some people, um, uh, high up on that list often. It would be my number one, um, uh, uh, writing a book is on that list. Um, uh, even though I hate writing with a passion, like that's, that's, what's funny. That's why most of my content's video content is because I got hate, it. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, I've really had to go back and forth. I'm like, should I buckle down on writing? Even though I'm not, I, I don't enjoy it. And I'm not naturally as skilled with it as versus with, I feel like with video audio, I just, I'm, uh, I'm more naturally inclined with that. And I just love it. I mean, if I can get a mic or a camera, I love it. Fucking love it. That's why, that's why I, like my podcast is a big pusher of mine right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but plug like, it. What's the, what's the name? The Hamilton train podcast. All right, there we go. There we go. I'll make sure to, I'll, I'll link it in the description. Don't worry. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> but like, I, I don't write as much as I used to, but right now, especially with audio being so hot and just trying to do more, like I have my videographer that, that, that we, we do our thing a couple days a week. So right now, while I have all that, I've been really pushing video audio but I should probably get back into writing articles and stuff like that. But, um, cause now, cause you're, cause you're, but you're a big writer. Like you're dude, your writing is just over the, it's, it's, I've seen how much it's like developed. It's, I love, I <laughs> sure love has. reading. I love reading your work. It's just so it beautiful. I don't even know. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you. That's it. I, I will take beautiful any day of the week. I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I do enjoy, um, I enjoy speaking. I enjoy being on video and everything, but as far as writing goes, it's just, it's a different, it's a different expression of thought. I feel like, and, and 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 I feel like with your like, if you like video and and speaking on stage and everything, you can write the the scripts out for that. You know, obviously, obviously, I'm not saying you're going to do it word for word or whatever, but but writing certain uh, um, uh, beginnings or ends or, mm-hmm, or points mm-hmm. like things that you would like to touch on, you can you can uh, um, um, kind of gather your thoughts and and yeah. Uh, uh, critique them on paper first before you articulate them out like speaking wise. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I, I completely get it. And there's, there's so many different things that people enjoy. It's why I wanted to do the podcast as well. Cause some people like listening to podcasts while they go to work and some people like reading blogs where, where they, there's no other noise and they can't, uh, you know, listen to anything or, or, or watching videos. I plan on at some point, um, I plan on getting these videos up on YouTube, probably doing some YouTube videos and things, um, but it's just not in the works right now. But yeah, getting those different mediums for different type of people. That's sure. that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Fun fact about when I do write, um, <laughs> I was talking to Jordan about this because it was pretty evident from, he, he pointed it out to me and I didn't realize it until I looked at it. Um, I cannot write on my computer. Can't do it. Okay. So by hand, you've got to go by hand? No, I have to do it on my phone. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, I like that. It's uh, um, I I think well, you're now you're. T- I think he, uh, I originally heard it from uh, I think it was John Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where, uh, where? When I get in front of my computer, I feel like I'm a different Jared. When especially if I have to write something for like let's say a, uh, like, a, a like if it's a sales page or if it's like a, a like a sales funnel or something that has to do with purchasing at the end, my writing changes instead of me writing in my own, like happy go lucky Jared, that's just about helping people like my Instagram. Like, because there is one, what, what my biggest eye opener was this. I sent uh, Jordan was proofreading one of my, uh, it was a sales copy for something and, and it was just garbage. Dude, it was just fucking terrible. And he's like, let me read you something. And he read to me the most like 
perfect thing ever. And he's like, you know where I got that from? And he's like, where? Or I was like, where? And he's like, it was your last third Instagram post. And I'm like, right. uh-uh, there's no way. But when I write on my phone, just chilling like on the couch, I write in a whole different voice than when I get in front of my computer. I'm like, I got to put on my, it's almost like I got to put on my big boy pants. Um, you got to put on your salesman voice. That's what yeah, it is. That's I what it's. It. And I fucking hate sales. Like, Yeah, no, I get it. You, it. The thing with Roman, what he talks about is removing, it's kind of removing the barrier to entry. You, you have less pressure on you. Like sending a text isn't as daunting as looking at a blank page on a screen. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's removing the, 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 the daunting, uh, um, overwhelming everything that you're going to have to type out on a screen. And instead you're just sending a text to a friend, you know? So it's just, it's just kind of changing the medium. And whenever you change that medium, you change that little mind shift. Um, and then it makes it, it makes it easier. For sure. That's awesome, man. Are you guys, now are you guys still, still buddies or working together? Yeah, we're definitely, I mean, we're still buddies. We're not, we're not working together anymore. We've, we've, he's kind of gone a different direction with the, the writing and stuff that he's been, been trying to do. Um, but I'll be, I'll be moving to New York next year. So I'm sure I'll, I'll see him. I'm sure I'll see him there, uh, um, a few times and I'll obviously be up in, in New York, uh, over this next year, just visiting, visiting my girlfriend. So I plan on seeing him. I plan on seeing Mike and Jordan. Um, I would, I would love to hang out with all those guys. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, all right, man. I think we've been, we've been going for, for almost an hour here, I believe. Um, and so this has been great, you know, dogs, MMA, uh, writing, everything, everything in between. Um, (laughs) This has been perfect. This has been perfect. Um, okay, so let's do uh, um, let's do the plugs and things. Where where can people find you? So best place to find me is uh, on my socials. Like I still have my website at hamiltontrain.com, but I don't like I'm not since I haven't been writing articles or doing anything for that. Easiest place to find me is uh, my main stu- platforms are the Instagram at real, not the fake one, at real Jared Hamilton. And then uh, my podcast, the Hamilton Train podcast. Those are the, the two big ones. So Okay, awesome, awesome. And I will make sure to link those in the description. Um, as always, people, go check him out. Go ask him a question, send him a DM, say hello, follow him, um, bug him about his pit bulls, yes. um, tell him your, your true thoughts. And... Um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, man, this is, this is of dogs, <laughs> no, right? Those, e- those evil little things. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. All right. Perfect. Everyone go check out Jared and, uh, Jared. Thank you, dude. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. This has been good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll do it again sometime soon.